Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's Word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Thank you for seeing us through and bringing us this far. This morning, we pray that you speak to us. Give us a word that will turn our lives around. Give us a word that will take us forward in this year. Give us a word that will draw us closer to you. Speak, oh God, to each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, we've prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. So this morning... I just want to pick up from where Nana Kofi left off the last time, talking about what you have in your hand, and um, talking about basically that everybody has something, and and I've tried to put a title to it, making it count, and um, my anchor scripture is from Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30, so I'll read through quickly. Then so he says that again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought other five. Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received the one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. 
See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. This is one of the few times that you feel good about what you do. <laughs> so that... <laughs> So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has, he will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I tried to look into this talent thing and it says that a, a talent is worth about 20 years of a, a laborer's wages. One talent. So you can imagine somebody giving you 20 years of your wages upfront. Take and do something with it. So the person who had five so that's um, so you the person let's say if you got if you got you got one talent it's worth 20 years of your wages right so it means that if you got five that's 100 then the other one who got two that's 40 right so this guy was given 20 years advance And as we all read in the story, we know what turned out. But for me, this morning, it's not even so much because usually when we start talking about talent, it's all the thinking is about, okay, so do I have a talent? Is it about me? Or is there something special that I have that stands out? But I think that NK has been able to lay the foundation. I think those of us in this church, we've all agreed that we all have something. Because in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says that we have all been given gifts. In fact, in the, in the, um, the New American Standard Version, um, it talks about you've been given special gifts. We have all been given special gifts. So I believe that those of us here, we all agree that we all have something. The thing about the talent is that it's very easy for you to say it's not about you. The parable. It's very easy for you to say it's not about you. It's very easy to say that it's about that person and not me because I don't have. In this context, it could be about a current job that has been entrusted into your hands. It could be about your own business that you're running. It could be a skill that you have or anything that can create value. So when we talk about, so you may not have been, you may not have 20 years of advance to start life with, but you have something. And I think that's the starting point that all of us in this church and those listening to us, we all have something because we serve a good God. He gave all of us gifts. The, the, the interesting thing about talent and gifts and, and, and I recall when, when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I used to say I'll be a lawyer. And whenever you say you'll be a lawyer, someone will say, ah, you think you can be a lawyer? Ah, you can't. 
So for some of us, we have things that God has given us that we have even allowed other people to talk down, diminish. So it's easy for you to say you don't have something or anything, but once you begin to reflect, you begin to realize something that is very peculiar about you that over the years have gotten diminished due to several reasons. Because some people are really good at talking down whatever you have, diminishing what you have. So, as we said, everybody has a talent. Do we agree on that? Do we agree that um, we all have something? The second point is that if you look at the, the scripture, the master said, you've been faithful in little. So, and I realized that when he spoke to the, the one who had five, he said, you've been faithful with little. When he spoke to the one who had two, he said, you've been faithful with little. When he spoke to the one who had one, he said, you've been, you've, you've been unfaithful. So, regardless of what you have, the, the starting point is that we all have something that is little. We all start from the same point. But that thing has the potential to grow. So, usually it's the seed. Usually it's a company that you've started that has a potential to become big. Usually somebody who has entrusted you with his business but has a big vision and you have to be a part of so that the thing will grow. But it starts very little. The problem sometimes is that we want to see something big, something very dramatic before we commit. So some of us are very entrepreneurial. And maybe way back we used to sell small, small toffees. That was the beginning of um, what do you call this guy? Um, Jeff Bezos, for instance. That was the beginning of I mean that you start selling books in a garage and today you are worth over 185 billion or so. When this whole country, we are projecting that by the end of 2021 it will be worth 58 billion dollars. And one person is worth over 180 billion. But he started with little. He was selling books in a garage. That was the whole concept. And then he created the Amazon platform so that other people could buy. And then it has evolved into. And late, lately, I've seen that they are going into healthcare. So you never see this thing that you have, that we all agree we have, come in a very dramatic way. It always have to, has to start from a point. It has to be grown to become big. The other point is that the, in the scripture, the master also gave everybody according to their ability. And for me, that was critical. And, and, and you look at your kids and you know who, I mean, sometimes you come from town and you know who spoils the toy. You know everybody's ability. You know who touched the remote. It's the same, I, I think that's the same way our Heavenly Father relates to us. He knows our abilities. He knows that that's, that skill you have, it will make waves for you. He knows it. Usually the problem is that 
because he knows and we have not come to accept what our capabilities are what we go what we end up doing is just comparing ourselves to people all the time but he gave to everybody according to their ability so I'm glad you can sing and I thank God for your sweet voice but I can also drum but sometimes I spend all my life thinking why can't I sing like this person and, and in doing that I lose my skill my drumming skills so we all have something for starters we all have something that our father calls little but the thing has the potential the prospect to become huge because I never see it in the reverse that somebody, apart from a few people who gain inheritances and then they start big and then it whittles down. But usually, go and talk to everybody who starts something, who has something big, and they will take you through their life story. And they will tell you how they used to do this and they used to do that and they used to do that and now you can see. The other thing I picked from the scripture is that after he gave the talent to them, he went but because the thing was his, there was a day that we needed, the servants needed to give account of what they had done with what they had. So, we may not even be talking about maybe a talent that maybe some entrepreneurial skill or some speaking or ability or anything, but even the job that has been entrusted into your hands. Because Nana Kofi was asking us, what do you have in your hand? What are you making out of what has been given to you? It may not be the best. But in your own way, you can make it very unique. And for those of us who are Christians, there's a calling on us that wherever we find ourselves, the little things that are entrusted into our hands will make a significant impact. That's what makes the difference between a Christian because we understand that for everything that has been entrusted to us we will give account forget about how snobbish the guy is how arrogant he is once you're working for him you have been entrusted with little so I walk away rather than sit there and then waste away look there's money in this country there's money in this country. I'm not prophesying. I'm speaking fact. It is there. A lot of people have put their monies into monetary instruments that could actually be generating wealth and employing people in this country. Why? Why would someone decide that instead of putting my 50000 or 100000 or 5000 to create business and employ people, I'd rather go and put it in a treasury bill. Because everybody's afraid that when they put, they put their little out there and they call people like you and I to come in to transform their little into something big. Our work ethic, our attitude, the way we handle things that belong to other people, forgetting that we are Christians. In fact, if whenever we are having end-of-year awards, I, I wish to submit that the best Christians 
should have all the awards. Is it, is it right to say that? No, let me say it. Those, no, let, let me put it in, a, in another way. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes we go to work and people are reading their Bible and they are praying and they run out. It's all good. I'm not saying we should stop. But those are the people who should be winning the award. Those are the people who should be getting recognition for their best work ethic. Those are the people who should be getting the, the recognition for being stewards, good stewards. Because the thing we're doing, as the Bible says, it's not unto man. We are mindful that a day will come that we have to give account. We are mindful. So if you like, don't read your Bible in church. Uh, in, 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 don't, read, don't come and read the Bible. Don't come and pray. Don't come and do anything. Just through your work. Let them call you and say, what's your story? Why did you win this year's award? And say, look, I put in two hours of prayer every day. And I've worked with God and that is what... And for me, it's a bigger testimony than... You always see me reading the Bible, but you see me cutting corners. You always see me doing all those Christian, Christian things. But you see that my work ethic is not right. In fact, there's a man who has said that he will never employ his church members and loosely to see Christians. I mean, he will employ you because you're a Christian. He will employ you if he has to employ you. Because he started on the premise that if I start a business and there are people in my church who are looking for jobs, I should give them opportunity. And he will tell you stories. So he will set up something like a franchise and entrust it in your hands. He said that and the rest, as we say, is history. Terrible stories. For us, we do what we do the way we do because we are mindful that the day will come, the master will come. And he will ask us to give account of whatever he entrusted into our hands. So there's money in this country. And the reason why sometimes, and in every economy that has grown, it is small businesses that grow the economy. But everybody who wants to create a business is afraid. We are all afraid. If I, if I employ you to you, may cheat me. Sometimes people would do the business plan, everything. At the very last, we say, in fact, my wife and I were planning something. And we had, very, we had, we, we had really advanced. Then one day she asked me a question. So this thing, who will take care of it? Charlie. I think we should have started with that one first. <laughs> who will take care of it? It's not that we don't have the money to do it. It's not that we don't have the idea. It's not that who will take care of it. And I think that should be your starting point. But hey, that's how other places have developed. And today I'm speaking to us because we are Christians. And it should be very evident through the things that we do. So I'm talking about even taking care of other people's business. If you extend it to your own business, then hey, it even makes it better. The other thing I like about this story is the master's consistent message after every account. He says, you have been faithful over little. Now, come and take, come and enjoy your master's rest. For after every single one, he will repeat the same thing. You've been faithful over little. And for, for us as Christians, our, 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 it, it's, it's not about how much money we have made in life. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about making 
every opportunity that we get, everything that God entrusts into our hands, making a count, making the most out of it. Look, the day that that man who is mistreating you, the day you walk away, he should feel your, he should feel it. In fact, he should send people to come and beg you because of your work ethic. That company should begin to apologize to you for all the things that, and even try to make it up to you. Because since you left, maybe they've never found anybody like that. So, have you, I've, I'm talking even about taking care of other, other things that are entrusted into your hands. But hey, it's not everybody who will start a company. For some of us, we have to lift hands so that we'll win the war. Some of us, we have to just support the hands. So, that so long as the hands are up, we're winning. For some of us, we have to be the people with the hands themselves. But whichever role you're playing, just be mindful that we'll have to give account of whatever has been entrusted into our hands. I... The... And... <laughs> So, so I just came across something. The, the other thing about taking good care of or making use of what you, you have is also the fulfillment that comes out of... If you look at the way the others rendered their report, he came and he said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. I have gained two more. Fulfillment. So sometimes you, we, 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 what do you call it? If we don't take care, good care of what we have, or if we don't make use, or if we don't optimize it, we end up even being bitter. So look at the guy who, who had the one. He came bitter. In fact, he came attacking. You, you've been given capital. And your first, the first line of your report is that you're a wicked and a hard person. So I think that for us, as we move into this year, whether it's your own business, whether it's somebody's business, whatever you have in your hand, let's just be mindful that we are expected to grow it. We are expected to make it better. That position should look grander because of the investment, you have, the value you have added to it. Let them say that before you came, we were here. But after five years or after two years, look at where you have taken us. Not that you've set us back. Let it be said that I started in a small place but by God's grace, this is where I am. Because we know that it's not just been given to us, so we just play around with it. But we're supposed to create value and let others also benefit from it. And also give an account of what has been entrusted into our hands. And there are three things that come to mind when I look at the, the, the one who was given the one talent. This must I knew a hard man. And the first thing that comes to mind is that the reason why he failed or he refused to apply 
or utilize what has been entrusted into his hands was that he was just being competitive. He was looking at the others. Ah, we are all here. You have given this person five. You have given this person two, and you give me one. I will even do anything. For some of us, our reason for not optimizing what has been entrusted into our hands or growing is that we say it's smaller. Others have bigger ones. That's it. Competition. We're just looking at other people rather than looking at what we have. And if you look at the, um, the, 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 the story of the five loaves and two fish, when they came and told Jesus that this is what the, the small boy had, he said, bring it to me. And Bible says he lifted up his eyes and he prayed. He said, feed them. So it could be, indeed, it is little. But once the God factor is in there and you walk in his wisdom and you are fully connected to him and you are lifting up your eyes unto the Lord, this thing will blow your mind. What will come out of it will blow your mind. All we have to do is to take our eyes off what other people have and focus on what we can do. I think that's it. Because, yeah, they got more, they have more, and, they, and it distracts us. So as we go, as we, as we, as we go into 2021, once we all agree that we have something, whether it's a job, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's a talent, a skill, or whatever it is, can we focus on it? Grow it. And show, when the, at least when we stand before the throne room of grace, we can show him what we've been able to do with it. The other thing that I also saw from, from his attitude was the fact that from day one he had just concluded that this thing won't, won't amount to anything. He never saw any potential in it. He never saw any potential in it. So aside the fact that he was competing, he was looking at what others had gotten and he thought that he had been cheated. The other thing is I didn't see any value. But dear colleagues, there's something that we have that has value. If you don't see value in it, honestly, people say that what you value or what you honor, you even attract more. It grows. So if you don't get to a point where you see value in what you have, I tell you, even if, even if other opportunities come to grow it, you won't see it because you've written it off. I just want us to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And I just want us, and the reason why we're reading this scripture is to look at a model that Jesus created for us. And see how we can use that model to grow the talents that we've been giving to, the talents that have been given to us. So he says that, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us throw off every weight that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne room of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If you look at this scripture, right from the get-go, Jesus was looking at the glory. He was, he was looking at the glory, the final outcome. I believe that what made him endure and persevere was that he could see the final outcome. If only we can, we can, we can, we can utilize this talent well. And if only we can picture what, where this thing can take us it will give us the, the energy and the drive to continue. So he looked at the final outcome. The other thing that you see is that he also was, a, I mean, I, I, I think one of the reasons why he was able to endure, as I said, was the final outcome, but there was resistance. And as you go into 2021 and as you write down your plans and look at how you will make good with um, you you grow what is in your hands and make the best out of it on just be aware that just as there will also be driving forces there will also be restraining forces there will be things that will actively block your way there will be things that will actively block your way but let's always remember our model Jesus remember him. That he endured it. He forsook he, all the weights, all the things that beset you, all the reasons why you shouldn't continue, all the things that people are saying, the opposition, the resistance, the betrayal, the everything. He just persevered because he knew that if he went to the cross, that's the end of the enemy's dominance over man. And that's a major triumph for us. So as we move on, I just, let's keep focusing on this final outcome. Not this, how small it is, but the fact that it can grow into something big. The other thing is that it's a process. Recently, I went to a company to do some, some transaction, and they were having a year end, end of year service. It's a real estate company. And they had brought a minister who was preaching to the to the, the employees of them. And I don't know whether he was prophesying or he was declaring, but he was telling them all of them will have their, this year you all build your own houses. And you should see the uproar and everybody was chanting amen and all of that. It does happen that in one year something dramatic will happen, so we will not rule it out. But will those workers ask the owner of this real estate company how long it has taken him to get to where he is. How long it took him to get his first plot of land and build his first house. It's a process. Sometimes it's a very grueling process. You fall down. You rise up. People cheat you. People betray you. You lose. You win. Battles here and there. 
And then you finally come to the point where, but you know what, like Jesus, looking on, says, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher and finisher of our faith, who endured it knowing that eventually if he went to the cross, that was it. He could have said, ah, why are these people whipping me? I'm God. Ah, well, let me put the cross somewhere and walk away. He could have done that and we would have been the losers for it. So, for wherever you find yourself at this moment, just remember that it's a process. Whether you're building a business, whether you're, there's something new you want to do, whether it's something that God has dropped in your spirit, you need to go through it so that you get the final outcome. It's never instantaneous. So whilst I, I am, it's very tempting to say amen that this year, whether I'm reckless or whether I save or whether I do everything right or not, I will build a house. It's very tempting to say amen to that. Let's just be mindful that if we really want to go there, because God didn't just, that's not how he did it. Sometimes he does his way, but it's a process. The people took their talent, they went to work, and they brought. That's the whole idea. So take it, make the most out of it, and let's all see the reward. The last thing I want to touch on with regards to the story is the fact that when the one talent was taken from the unfaithful servant. Do you know where he went to? He went to the one who had ten. So I said, ah, did anybody have ten? Because I knew they had five, two, and one. But you know what? The master didn't take it from him. He gave it to him. Five plus five. It's yours. And I'm even adding one to it. We say, oh, it's unchristian. We need to share. Everybody will get some. It's not fair. Indeed. But he went to the ten. What is it telling us? It's for me, if you are diligent, you reap the reward of it. Look, I'm telling you, this week, I heard that um, Tesla, this guy, Elon Musk, had become the world's richest person, had overtaken Jeff Bezos. What I know is that he's not a Christian. But I know that the Bible says that God causes the rain to fall on the righteous and unrighteous. So the opportunity is given to all. But there's a certain advantage we have. You know in Joshua 1.8, where it talks about as you observe, you, you meditate on it, and you observe what is written therein, you shall have good success. The worldly definition of success, we will show everything, and eventually, you go and answer to your maker. Our definition of success is the completeness, the good success. So I'm saying, that the point I'm making is that God will not say that if I'm not a Christian, if I plant corn, it won't grow. God will not say that because I'm not a Christian, if I sh my work ethic is right, my business will not progress. God will not say that because I'm not a Christian, if I'm at work 
and I do, I deliver the objectives and I even go above and beyond. I won't get a promotion over the one who is not a Christian, who is a Christian. There's something called the ironclad law of the universe which says that whatever a man sows, he shall reap. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. And that applies to all the people on the surface of this earth. The advantage we have is that extra, that extra, where you're going to sign a contract and you pray and it says, don't sign. The spirit of the living God, that divine enablement, that's the advantage we have. And I challenge all of us that this year, let's not only utilize what we have, but let's also employ that advantage. Because I, I, I like the fact that Jesus could have just taken the loaves and started sharing. But he prayed. He prayed over it. So that we have a certain advantage that we need to utilize. The godly wisdom, the godly favor, the divine enablement and insights. So let's make this year count. Whether we like it or not, we're in 2021. We need to win. You're on the field. We need to play to win. And I'm trusting God that a year by this time, we'll gather again and we'll all give testimonies of what we've been able to do by God's grace. What he entrusted into our hands, the little and then the much, the great, the great outcomes that we have been able to show through our faithfulness. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, we thank you this morning. We bless you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord, for your word. This morning we pray for the divine enablement. We pray for your covering as we go into this year. We pray that you give us your wisdom to utilize what we have, to make the most out, to grow what we have. In the name of Jesus, we pray, oh God, that whoever, for those who are running their own businesses, that this year you give them unusual favor. You open the heavens and rain upon their land and cause their businesses to grow. For those of us who work for other people, use us to make a difference in our company. Because of us, like because of Joseph in Potiphar's house, because of us, do something great in our companies. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.